starting a, a, a marriage series for the next several weeks. Um, today will be the first one. We're going to be talking about habits, um, but we're really going to get into the nit and gritty week two, three, four, and then five ending in February. Um, <clears throat> and we're really going to take a really great deep dive look. Now, I want to play a little game with you guys here before we get started. Um, I'm not, don't show this picture yet back there, guys, okay? But um, I'm going to show you a picture, and this is the picture of something close up, okay? This is a picture of something close up, and you have to guess what this picture is, and then I'll show you the answer to this picture on the next slide, all right? But don't be shy, let her fly. If you think you know what it is, I want you to yell it out as loud as you can, okay? There's no demerits here. There's also no stars or no rewards, okay? There's only fun and laughter, okay? So let's try this. Go ahead, guys, show that first picture. Tell me what you guys think that this is. Okay, first, it's funny listening to everyone's answers because you can tell what's on people's minds. So I heard skin, I heard cake, I heard apple pie. You guys are speaking my language here. Come on now. <laughs> this is actually a cork. All right, so that is a cork. Okay, let's, let's, let's flip the next picture here, and you guys tell me what you think that this is right here. That's a good, that's a good, come on, keep it up, come on, keep it up. Floss, guitar string, floss, guitar string. Can I, can I tell you a story real quick about a guitar string real quick before we move on? Um, I am perfect at ruining the moment, okay? And uh, we're in a really, this is back in my college days, we're in a really great just worship sense and, and I was playing guitar and playing guitar and playing guitar and all of a sudden, uh, one of my strings broke. And so on the microphone, I said, my G string just broke. <laughs> that is an actual string on a guitar, okay? Just let everybody know that. And uh, it, just, it just ruined the moment. So from then on, we just forgot about everything. So anyway, no, this is actually pages of a book. Okay? All right. Now, this one's kind of easy. This next one, don't show you. This next one's kind of easy. I'm sure all of you will get it. And, uh, but we'll see if you guys really know what it is. Go ahead. Hair. A beard. Say, come on, say, say, yell it out. A broom, paintbrush. Okay, so the answer is a paintbrush. All right, give it up for yourselves. You get five stars. Good job, everybody. You did really good. So when we look at a picture close up, it's really hard to tell what it is in a bird's eye view. And I'm, I am totally fine with looking at things from a bird's eye view, right? But there's something different about when you take the bird's eye view and you zoom right in on it, you can actually see every detail, every little thing that's going on that creates the bird's eye view. 
okay? And I think, and I, and I believe this morning that in relationships, specifically within marriage relationships, that a lot of the times we neglect the macro version of our relationships, but we want to just take the bird's eye view, right? We want to see the big picture rather than really dive in and see the smallest details that can actually create a better bird's eye view picture for you. And that's what we're going to do for the next several weeks. We are going to take the macro lens and we're going to put it right up to our relationships, okay? And I pray and I hope that each of you will walk away from the next few weeks really engaged, learning something and applying something. Knowledge isn't power. Applied knowledge is power. Because you can know everything in the world and still not be powerful. But God has given us this word so we can implant it in our hearts, not just so we can get smarter, but that we can live it out, right? And have application to actually what we're talking about. So for the next few weeks, I encourage you to bring along um, your spouse if they so willingly would want to be here. Now, if you're single here today, there will be something for you too, okay? I promise you, all right? Um, there will be something for you too, but for the next few weeks, we really are going to just focus right in on people who are married and those who are aspiring to be married. So let me just see, who, who are all the single people here this morning? Let me just, just wave your hand. Just hold them up high. Hold them up high. Okay, everyone, take a look real quick and find out who they are and connect after church. Okay. <laughs> What you doing after church? <laughs> you got, got coffee? <laughs> well, it looks like all of us are going to be sitting watching the Super Bowl together. <laughs> Packers and Vikings didn't make it this year. Boo-hoo. Anyway, so let's get into this, this next uh, few weeks on what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be unpacking. Okay, so there's going to be four main topics that will help you in your marriage be a good and a great marriage. So the four things that we're going to talk about for the next several weeks are having serious fun. How many of you guys believe that it's important to have some serious fun in your marriage? Right? What I found out a lot of the times is that there are so many people, so many married couples that forget to have fun. It, they really do, man. It is, it's just, it, it, it blows me away on how they, they are just so uptight, man. Just, just loosen up a little bit and have some fun. And we're going to talk about how to have serious fun. We're going to be talking about loving God first. Okay, you can't have a great marriage unless God's at the center. Amen? All right, we're going to be talking about this, the two biggest topics that I counsel with with almost every married couple, which is called respect and love. Respect and love, okay? All women want to be loved, and all men want to be respected. So how do we do that when we kind of don't like each other sometimes? Okay? Respect and love. And the last one we're going to talk about is practice your promise. Practicing your promise. To go through it, no matter how difficult it might be to take it one step at a time and go through it. So today I want to talk about a habit. So your Bible, your dictionary, not your Bible, but your dictionary says, a habit is a settled or regularly tendency or a practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Okay, let me read that one more time. A habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. When you got married, you and your spouse became a unique us. Say, I am a unique us. 
you guys, when you guys got married, if you're married here this morning, you became a unique us. There is no marriage like yours. Say that with me. There is no marriage. Come on, somebody. There is no marriage like mine. Okay, there's no marriage like yours. Thank God there's no marriage like yours. Right? Your us, your us is compromised of two unique people with unique histories. Each of you come from different backgrounds, from different places, from different family backgrounds, from different family upbringings. Trust me, I, I feel like I've married almost every background, okay? From, from streethood to cowboy, getting married together. It's like, how did that happen? I don't know. My wife and I are completely opposite. We're completely opposite. She is the administrator to my world. <laughs> True story. But I really am the fun in her life. <laughs> the adventure. I'm the adventure. Well, I don't know. She's pretty good at it, too. You know, as you get, as you get older in your marriage, we've been married for how long now? 24 years, going on 25? 20, almost 25 years. And uh, as you live your life together, you start to rub off on each other. It's kind of like, you know, when you have a dog, they start to say your dog starts to look like you, <laughs> right? It's the same kind of a thing. You start, you start kind of like having the same tendency, same ideas, same kind of things. That's a good marriage to have that, all right? Um, your marital habits, as we're talking about habits, your marital habits either lead to the connection or the disconnection of your us. So the real question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Do we want to stay connected to our spouse or do we want to be disconnected from our spouse? Okay, so let me ask that again. Do you want to be connected to your spouse? Yes? How many of you would like to be disconnected? Not today, okay, because I know maybe, I don't know what happened on the way in, okay? But how many of you want to be disconnected from your spouse? Hopefully nobody will say yes to that because the goal is to strengthen and to fortify this connection between you and your spouse. So how can habits lead us to connection or how can these habits disconnect us in our relationships, right? So today... In today's culture, and, 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 and I'm going to share some things with you, and you say yes and amen to those if you agree with these. In today's culture, we want everything easy. <laughs> and it's easy to get everything. Okay? For instance, do you guys remember the days when you had to wait for the next episode on TV to show up? Yeah? You guys remember those days? TGIF? I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but Ryan, you know what I'm talking about, right? Thank God it's Friday with Urkel. Okay. You had to wait for the next episode, and you always waited for that. You got around the TV, and you said, yes, finally. Now, you could just go right on Hulu or Netflix or your streaming episode of choice and watch the whole season of Yellowstone right now if you want to. Like, you can just watch it all right now if you want to. And if it's not on there, you could probably find a website where it is on there illegally, and you could probably watch it there, too. Right? I remember those days when we had to wait for the next episode. Remember the days, guys, when there was no such thing as internet? Yeah. Or do you remember? I, I'm going to do something right now that I want every young person in here to feel what I had to go through. And everybody who's in their 40s, okay, had to go through. Do you remember the days when the internet actually sounded like this? Go ahead, guys.
Oh, no, keep going. No. You got mail. Yeah, right. You got mail. <laughs> what an awful, awful way to do life. I can't believe that we actually looked, stood or sat right there in our computer for our internet to actually go through that 30-second process. That was 30 seconds of what I believe hell really is going to sound like. <laughs> and it's, it's right there, and it's... You know, and, and, and what you're hearing is not only just the connection, but you're actually hearing the data moving through the phone line back then. It was a phone line. Now, now nowadays, right, if you don't get it on your phone within 3.42% seconds, right, you go, this is the slowest internet in the world. What's up with this data? <laughs> right? You gotta, you, you'll sit there and wait for a picture to pop up on your phone. I wish that River of Life Church would give me the Wi-Fi access so I can have it. That's not what you guys sound like, by the way. That's, that's how I sound in my head, right? And it's just so interesting that just within a short few years, how information has really changed, right? How the way we get information. Everything is so... I remember the days when our social time was actually with people than it was on media, but for some strange reason, I feel the need to post a picture of myself eating a crab cake. I don't know why, but it's there. If I don't post this, oh my goodness, no one's going to know that I'm eating a crab cake. Right? <laughs> what did we do before social media? It, you know, we went out to eat with our friends. We got in trouble at Taco Bell. We, these are just things that I did, okay? I'm not saying you did that, okay? We, 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 we did stuff with people, and it's just so interesting how our culture has shifted and changed so fast, so fast. That, that, that information highway is running at light speed right now, which is too bad because that's how our world gets our, we get our perspective from that viewpoint, we get our perspective on everything in that viewpoint. We've been conditioned to get things fast, quick, to get quick results, to get this fast information. And if we don't get this information that fast, what do we do? Tendency is we get frustrated, we get upset, and we think the world is melting away if that picture of that video doesn't load at the light speed that it should load, right? But there's something about habits. Habits take time to form. You just didn't wake up and just start doing something because it, you just automatically wanted to do it. No, over the course of your lifetime, you created habits. And I'll get to this point here in just a second. But you either created habits on purpose or on accident. Okay, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But habits are created whether you like it or not. Okay, habits are created whether you like it or not. And one thing about living a habitual lifestyle is that it takes time. There are no shortcuts. Come on, somebody. There's no shortcuts when it comes to living a habitual lifestyle. There's no shortcuts. 
You don't get somewhere fast. You don't get somewhere quick. You have to go through the process of dial-up internet to get to where you want to go. Right? There's no 5G data in your lifestyle when it comes to the formation of habits, especially within a marriage relationship. The book of Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5 says this, and I'm reading out of the NASB this morning, says this, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. If we do not create godly habits and habits that will sustain us in our lives, we will not be prosperous nor successful and have the life that we all want. What will happen is, if we do not create these things and take time to do these things that actually take some effort, that takes some responsibility, that takes some time to create this, we will lead ourselves to destruction without us even knowing it. Because each of us create habits that will either connect or disconnect us from our spouse. See, habits are called habits because habits are the things you do on a continual basis to create environment or culture within a structured business and especially within a home. There's things here that are done at the church that we do on a continual basis. We do those things so we can create culture. And culture will always eat strategy for breakfast. Now I'm talking some leadership talk this morning, okay? Culture will always eat strategy for breakfast. Here's what that means. If you're only looking at the things to get your marriage better and apply these little certain things, that's really great, okay? That's strategy. But what you want to do is create the habits in your life that create culture in your home so you can have the marriage that all of us desire. And that goes in your own personal life too. That goes, I'm not saying that, that, that within a cultural structure, let's just take a church or let's just take a family environment, for instance. In our family environment, I'm not saying that, that there isn't strategy to develop culture, but if the only thing we work on is strategy and not developing what we desire in our home, we will always fall short of what we want and how we see God moving in our family. And God, and see, here's the, here's the real deal, right? Here's the real deal. All of us in this, in this space right now have a culture in our home. I, 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 my boys, um, primarily Caleb, because I went to go see them, turned me on to this show called The Parent Test. You guys ever heard of this before? Okay. So what they do is they take the confines of a family and they give them tests of things to do and the parents sit back and they watch how their kids will respond to that specific test. Okay, the last one that we watched, you know, one, one of them was, was oh, my, my kids will never go with a stranger. Right? Until it happens. <laughs> oh, my kids would never do that. My kids would never do that. And we all want to believe the best about our children, obviously. Guess what we do? Because we're parents. Okay? But here's the thing that I know about kids is that kids never lie. Well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> They'll say one thing, okay? But how they really act is really the how it is in the home. <laughs> okay? How they really act is how it is in the home. So they had little specific tests that were being tested. The last one we watched was climbing up a rock wall. Would your child climb the rock wall? 
Right. Yeah, you can do it, Johnny. And they, and, and they come from different cultures. Like one was, we let our kids make all the choices in the house. That was one of the parental structures and cultures that we're talking about. And so the kid's like, I don't want to. I want crackers instead or I want candy. Okay, whatever you want, Johnny, you can have candy. Okay? And all of us here will go like, oh, man, you're going to climb that rock wall. You like it or not, boy. <laughs> right? All of us have a culture that we live in. All of us have a cultural confine within our marriages, within our homes, within our lives, how we do things. It's how we're wired. It's how God created us is to live like that. Right? So we're going to talk about habits. So first thing about habits is this. Habits are not about talk. Come on, somebody. Habits are not about talk. So many people talk a good game. Well, you know, I'm really good at this. I was just talking the good game out there in the front entry this morning. Well, if I were quarterback, <laughs> if I were on, if I, I actually said these words this morning. If I was the GM for the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> I would, blah, 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 right? It's all just yip yap. That's all it is. And we all do it from time to time. But habits are not about talk. Habits are always about action. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do with what you say. That's why I said at the beginning that knowledge is not power, but applied knowledge is power. We can know, we can say all we want, but until we put our feet to the ground and start working and start moving and start taking responsibility for ourselves, we'll never know what it's really like to create this culture that we so desire. You guys know, I go like this, I'm off and on with this weight loss journey of mine and healthy living. I do really good, then I do really bad, then I do really good, then I do really bad, then I do really good, then I do really bad. Now, listen, I'm gonna say this to you, okay? I, I don't need you to come up and try to sell me on Optiva, okay? Or I don't, <laughs> go for it, bless you, make as much money as you want to with all those things. I know what I need to do, okay? But I can talk all that I want to, but until I change the habits of what I do, I will continue to struggle with this vice and this Achilles heel in my life. Until I change, who's going to change it for me? My wife? The last thing I want, I want is my wife telling me what to do. <laughs> Who, our trainers, are they going to change it for us? No. Uh, just apply this principle and apply this to your everyday lives, your finances. Take your finances, for instance. What you do with your finances is up to you. But we can't keep coming back into debt all the time and say God's not going to bless us. When he does bless us, then we spend it however we want to spend it. This is my money. I'll do whatever I want. I know I'm touching something this morning. I understand that. Okay, I know that it doesn't feel real good, but the reality is this. You want something different, then do something different. <laughs> you want something different in your marriage, then do something different in your marriage. Create the habits that aren't just a bunch of talk, but about action. You be the person you want to be married to. 
in my church planning assessment test that I took when I was a young preacher. I was 25 years old. I was getting ready to start planting churches. I had this desire to plant churches. And, and uh, so I had, to, I had to go through a process. They call it the church planting assessment test. And one of the questions that they asked me, they asked me a lot of questions. Is your wife on board? Will she allow you to do this? You know, all these kinds of things. Of course, I was like, yeah, of course she will. No problem. I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask her. Okay. Of course, I was 25 and barely married. Okay. Now I know better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I know better. But in this church planner assessment test, they weren't necessarily interested on what I wanted to do. They were interested in what I already done. So for instance, one of the questions was, how many souls have you won to the Lord over the last month? And a lot of people answer that question like, well, not, not very many, but I really see me. I really see me. I really see me doing this. Listen, that was not a good and sufficient answer for them because they were not interested on what I wanted to do. They were interested on what I've already done. So thankfully, praise God, I said about 30 people. And they were like, check. I think you're ready to be a church planner. See, this whole thing about habits and living a habitual lifestyle is all about action. It's not about what we say. And that right there, guys, is probably the struggle that all of us face and all of us deal with. But your Bible says that greater is he who's in me than he that is in this world. Greater is Jesus inside of you, not because of what you've done, not because of all the stuff you do, but because of who he is inside of you. You can be the overcomer that Christ has called you to be, and you can do exactly what it is that God's calling you to do. And that's for somebody in this room, I felt that. Because you've been doubting, you've been questioning yourself. You've been thinking to yourself, I don't know if I can do this or not. I don't know if I can do this or not. Maybe God's calling you to do some kind of ministry or maybe God's calling you to do something and it's gonna be challenging. Well, guess what? If it wasn't challenging, then why do you need God then? It's only challenging because he sees you doing exactly what it is that he wants you to do and he needs you to do it. So he put himself inside of you to say, you can do this. Sometimes God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. So no matter what it is that you're dealing with this morning, whether it be financial struggles, marital issues, whatever the case is, I want you to know something. Yes, it's going to take work. Yes, it's going to take some habits in our life that we actually do, that we actually walk out. But Jesus is with you every step of the way, no matter how difficult it might be. He's with you. Number two thing about creating habits, we create habits either on purpose or on accident. I said that before, but let me focus in on it. Let me bring the macro to this point. We can create habits either on purpose or on accident. As we go about our week, monitor your habits in your life. Honestly, even right now, take a minute just to think, to take a deep look to your personal life and see what your habits are. Ask yourself these questions. What are the first things you do when you get up? Besides going to the restroom. Sorry, gotta throw that in there. I'm still a youth pastor at heart, guys, come on. What are the first things you do when you get up? Remember, it's not what you want to do, it's about what you're actually doing. 
Are you different at work than you are at home? Are you different at work? Is your language different? The way you talk to your coworkers, the way that we might gossip and backbite and have bitterness in our heart at work, or is it different at home? And then ask yourself, why? Why is it that way? I'll tell you the reason why. It's because by accident, you're creating habits, not good habits. Because if you can't be the same way at work than you are at home, there's a problem. There's an issue, and we need to come to God about it. Do you react or respond when something negative happens in your life? There's a good one. Do you react or do you respond with open arms? Think about this in your own marital life right now. And I'll just be the husband in this and Kristen will be my wife. Obviously. (laughs) I have a choice to make. I can react when she makes me mad, which she never does because she's perfect. Or I, have, I can respond to her. And it all comes down to the habits you create in your life. The habits you create now will show you if you react or you respond. Here's another one. Do you victimize yourself and play the blame game? Or do you take responsibility for yourself and change? If there's anything that I can say that has plagued our culture in today's world is this idea of of being a victim. Where everything's always so bad about us. We're the blame. Not not we're the blame, but you're the blame. You're the blame. It's your fault. It's it's you. It's you over there. No, you. No, you're the reason why I'm feeling this way. You see what I'm saying? Now apply this to your marital life. You're the reason why that I'm acting this way. You're the reason why that I'm talking this way. You're the reason why that this is the way this feeling. You're the reason why. Listen, we have to get to a point that we create habits in our life that get us away from being a victim. Because if we ever want to truly experience the God-given freedom that he purchased on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago, it ain't going to be by us being a victim and putting the blame on everybody else for how we feel. It's about us taking responsibility for ourselves. Every powerful person in this room knows that happiness is an inside job. Can I say that again? Every powerful person knows that happiness is an inside job. If you're relying on your spouse to make you happy, that's where you made a mistake. Should they make you happy? Obviously. But if that's your go-to, we missed it. We missed it. We gotta find our confidence in Christ, the one who purchased us on the cross, who died for and became sin for us. See, all these questions create habitual living. Now, let me talk about our relationships. Go and play some music, guys. When we talk about habits and relationships, these habits, these are the unspoken things that we think about and we talk about. These are the ones 
These habits, you can turn that down a little bit. These habits are the ones that we usually do, not what we usually say. In our mind, we can think, man, if she was just like this, or if he was just like that, if she just did this, or if he just did that, that this would work way better. They just did this, and then it would be great. No, look. These are the habits in our life when it comes to relationships are the ones that we usually do that we don't even know that we're doing them. But we just do them, and it creates that culture in your home. So you have to ask yourself this question. Are you someone you'd want to be with? Are you someone you'd want to be with? Do you even like yourself? <laughs> I hope you do, because <laughs> I think you're pretty awesome. If you find yourself in a marriage that is struggling, it might be time to change the way you do things. Take responsibility and change up your habits that create the culture in your home. Example, here's some habits we can change today. And I'm just gonna speak from experience, from Kristen and I's almost 25 years of marriage. These are things that we've had to work on. <laughs> I canceled somebody one time for premarital counseling and they said, I asked them, so, so what are you gonna do when you guys get into arguments? How are you guys gonna work that? Don't prophesy that over us, we'll never get into arguments. <laughs> Say, good luck, Captain. <laughs> Everybody deals with stuff, man, especially if you're married, because you got to live with somebody who doesn't turn, who doesn't put down the toilet lid. Like, I get it, right? Who would rather have the toilet paper on the side that you roll down rather than around? You know what I mean? Like, you got to deal, you got to deal with that stuff. And it's those little things that actually prick us because there's a bigger issue that we're dealing with that we're not willing to confront. Like he never does this or she never does that. It's because you got something going on in here that you haven't been real honest about. So here's some habits that Kristen and I have had to work on and still work on it to these days. Men, I'll talk to you men real quick. Do something for your wife that feeds her love tank, that helps her understand that you care for her. And that one thing is different for everybody. For Kristen and I, it's me taking out the garbage and doing the dishes and making sure that my space is picked up without her telling me to do it. And you know what I can do? What I've done is create habits Come on, somebody. Create habits. Because if I truly care for my wife the way that I think that I do, then I should be willing to submit myself to how she feels. And I should create the habits that will honor her. I'm not saying we're perfect in this. I'm just saying these are things that we work on. Women. Show your husband physical attention. Show the. You're not even married, man. 
All right, ladies, you know what you're in for with Keith, boy, I tell you. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. Women, show your husband physical attention. Show that you care for him and, and, and show him that he's the hottest guy in the room. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Ladies, there's nothing worse than being compared or being made to feel like we're not good enough for you. If us men feel that way, we won't care about anything else. It's how we're wired. We have one wife, you have one husband. You're the only one that could fulfill that for my life. That's it. And I know, like I said, I know. I've been married now for 20, almost 25 years. I know sometimes that's a struggle. But let me just speak to that for a second. I'm telling you, ladies, if you're married here this morning, if you do that for your husband, he will do anything for you. If you make him feel like he's the most important person in your life, He'll change up those habits. And guys, listen to me. If you don't, then you better get with it. Because there's a million other guys out there who would love your wife. Oh. Don't tell me it doesn't happen. All it takes is one, hey, how's it going at work? Hook, line, sinker. I've done too much marital counseling to know that it doesn't happen. Remember, it's not about what we say, it's about what we do. Habits are not about talk, they're about action. And I applaud those couples, especially those men and women who are out there doing it. I mean, they are just doing the best they can to have the best marriage that they can. Because that takes a lot of work, man. It takes a lot of work. It'd be so much easier if I just had somebody to clean up after me. I'm sure I can maybe hire somebody, not really, but if I wanted to, I could. But then I just have somebody living in my house as a roommate, not a covenant partner. You see what I'm saying? This goes along with our respect and love point that we'll get to, I think it's week three. We'll get to respect and love. So let me go over this one more time. So the habits we're gonna talk about for the next several weeks, the next few weeks, we're gonna take a deep dive, take the macro lens to our having serious fun, that's next week. We're gonna talk about having serious fun. We're gonna be talking about creating habits to love God first. What does that really look like? What does that really mean? In marriage. We're gonna talk about respect and love. How to respect our wives and wives, how you can love, and vice versa. And we're gonna talk about practicing your promise. And let me just say this about practicing your promise. This is about divorce. But I want you to know something, that, that if that's happened in your life, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Sometimes things just happen, and I understand that, and we understand that. But golly, if we can fortify our marriages to the point where it doesn't have to go down that road, why wouldn't we want to take the chance to do it? Right? So in conclusion, as I leave you with this last point, your marital habits either lead to the connection or the disconnection of your us. Let me say that one more time. Your marital habits either lead to the connection or the disconnection of your us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for everything you've done. Lord, marriage is your idea. Having relationships is your idea. You never set us on the earth to do life alone. Whether that be in the confines of marriage or just in a friendship. But God, we know that especially in today's world, relationships are in a funk right now. There's blurred lines everywhere. There's gray, there's no black and whites. But Father, you're calling the church back to righteousness, to holy living. And we want you to know, Father, that our yes will be the amen to living righteous and holy before you. So God, will you help us to have better marriages? If, you're, if you have your spouse next to you, can you just hold their hand real quick if you're not doing that already? Father, I pray you just help us for the next few weeks as we dive in just to learn, to grow, to have fun, to put you first. Jesus, we want to do the best that we can do. God, if our marriage is bad, help it to be good. If our marriage is good, help our marriages to be great. And if our marriages are great, help our marriages to be really great. You're honored by that as we put you first. So everybody have heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm gonna ask this one question and then we're gonna open up the sides over here for people to pray. But if you're here this morning and one of these points is putting God first and maybe you haven't done that this morning, maybe you haven't put God first, whether that be in your marriage or whether that be just you personally in your life. I'm committed to giving an altar call every Sunday that we're together and every time we're together because this is the year, the year to yield the harvest. We're gonna yield the harvest of souls. And we're gonna do our part for that. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus personally, but you're sitting there in your seat going, man, pastor, I've, I've, I've gone through worship here. I've gone through music. I've gone through all these things and I feel something. <laughs> and I know that I need to give my life to Jesus. And I've never done that before. And I wanna do that today. Or maybe I have, but I know that my life isn't living right right now. And I just wanna rededicate my life to you. If that's you, will you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down if that's you? Let me see your hands real quick. If that's you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I see your hand back there in the back. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. I see your hand. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Anybody else that says, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, man. I want you to know that there's no, you're never far away enough for God to come and reach you. Never. He's right here. He loves you. He wants to show you how much he cares for you. Anybody else before I close this? Says, that's me, Pastor. Thank you so much in the front. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. 
That's six people this morning that responded to say, I need Jesus. Can we celebrate that for a moment? If you can, if you, if you raise your hand or if you didn't this morning, can you please just repeat this prayer after me? I'm gonna guide you in this prayer. That's all it is, it's a simple guide. This guide doesn't mean anything to you or to me if we don't mean it with our heart, with every ounce of everything in us that says, you know what, I want you, Jesus. So if you can, out loud, everyone together, please, especially if you raise your hand, can you just pray this with me? Say, Father, forgive me my sin. I know that I need a Savior. So today, I choose you. As today, you've chosen me. I love you. Thank you for forgiving me and showing me your love and your mercy. I commit everything that I am to you today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen, amen, right? Come on, stand with me. Stand with me as I get ready to release you. I'm going to pray over you. But before I do, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come to the sides over here. If you can, please, let me give a little instruction for this. If there's anything that you need partner in prayer with, whether that be um, um, in your marriage or whether you got a physical, uh, uh, a physical ailment in your body, I want you to know that we believe in physical healing here, okay? We believe that Jesus still touches that in your life. And so I want you to come and pray for somebody. If you raise your hand, if you're so bold enough just to find somebody, over here on the side. Just move all the way over the sides, guys. Just move that way, okay? If you'd be so bold enough just to go up to somebody and say, I made a decision today. Reggie, come on, help me out. Keith, come help me out. Stand right over there and just say, just say, man, I made a decision. I want to I serve God. But if you need prayer for anything, we're here to partner with you guys, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you. Everything that we do is for you, Jesus. It's not for us. And so, God, I pray as we learn about marriages, as we walk through this, God, help us to walk it through with you. Father, we thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.